This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm wearing a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. That monkey's my fly out of my butt. Now, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame. And I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray, and it's kind of a paradox that everyone wants to bring capes back into fashion, but nobody wants to go first. I would wear a cape every goddamn day if I wouldn't get crap about it. <laughs> to introduce our panel tonight, I will bring out our special special introduction Trivia questions. We have in the historic Infinite Potato Studios. Scott, how's it going, sir? I have a cat. <laughs> a production designer scanned the symbols in his wife's what and manipulated them to create the iconic cascading code that we see in the Matrix. In his why cookbook. That's close enough. It was a sushi cookbook, to be specific. You don't cook sushi. You cut it. Well, no, there <laughs> you cook is, some there is sushi. Some, yeah, there's some that you cook. That, that, you have to cook true. the rice. <laughs> yeah, so some aspects of it you cook. And if you want to get really particular about it, we'll say it was a sushi recipe book. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I guess you, you really don't want to eat raw fugu or, uh, or unagi. Because that would just be gross. <laughs> All right, Jen, how are you? About doing just great. What's my question? Forrest Gump traveled all over this country as part of the All-American Ping Pong Team. China. It was China. That is correct. Rick, how are you? I am present. What is the full title of the first film where Mike Myers played a groovy spy with bad teeth, baby? Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. That is correct. That is correct. Okay, we're going to dive right into our topic tonight. So we've all watched Saturday morning cartoons at some point in our lives. Uh, Saturday morning or weekday morning or weekday afternoons. There was always an abundance of kid-friendly programming when we were younger. And uh, that didn't really start to change until Cartoon Network became a thing. And uh, now you can watch cartoons whenever you want. But uh, when you have four or five hours of programming to fill every Saturday morning, sometimes you run out of ideas. 
and you start remaking stuff or you find a property that made money somewhere else and you decide that you'd be crazy not to cash in on that. So tonight we're going to be talking about cartoons that were based on live action movies and TV shows. Some of them could be surprising. Oh, because crap. What'd you do? I, I did exactly the opposite. I thought oh, we wow. were doing live action properties that were based on cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to go on the fly. <laughs> so, we're, uh, some of them could be surprising because in the 80s, it was not uncommon to take an R-rated movie and turn it into a cartoon on Saturday morning and market it towards kids that weren't even old enough to have seen the movie that you're promoting. But uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about this stuff. And I'll, I'll go first. I'll do the first one. Um, mainly because I know it's probably on everybody's list. And I'll go just go ahead and knock I'll it out. It's not on mine. It's, <laughs> it's the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, okay. So uh, <laughs> I've got to... Uh, so I got to mention the cartoon that was probably my favorite when I was a kid. The real Ghostbusters came out in 1986. I was nine years old. Uh I had at that point I had never seen the movie. I didn't even know that there was a movie, but I saw this cartoon and I absolutely fell in love with it. Uh the whole concept of a group of guys that were like firemen but for ghosts, you know, and the the proton packs and the traps and all that stuff was cool. I had so many of the toys. It wasn't funny. I had like this little uh Egon toy that when you squeezed his arms, his hair would pop up off his head and his eyes would bug out. And uh I had some uh, I, I had a, a proton pack too that had like a like one of those uh, styrofoam pool noodle things, the, the Nerf stick that would mm-hmm. stick out of the end of it, and you would pull the trigger, and it would just spin it, and it was supposed to be like you had the energy beam coming out of it. But uh, I did see the movie probably about a year after the show started, and I liked. It was weird because I was I was watching real people that were playing these characters on this cartoon that I watched every, every Saturday. Um, but I did like stay puffed. And by the time Ghostbusters two came out, I was a full on Ghostbusters fan and you can say what you want about Ghostbusters, but uh, Ghostbusters two, but I like that movie in it. And it was marketed more along with the cartoon. They actually um, aspects of Ghostbusters two, when that next season of the cartoon came out, there were things from the movie in the cartoon, you know, they, and then, and it was pretty cool. So, um, it went off the air in 1991. They tried to revive it in 97. They did extreme ghostbusters, but I think too many of the fans had grown up at that point. (laughs) It was hard for them to, to build a new audience, but. Especially with with an extreme version of it, which is always dicey. Everything's extreme. Everything's extreme. They had one. They did have one episode of Extreme. Extreme Ghostbusters was basically Egon and um, Janine still kind of running the the show, but they had but they bring in these young kids, not little kids, but like you know, young people, college age people, and they, and they come in and become the new Ghostbusters and stuff. But there was one episode where they brought Ray and Peter and Winston back. And uh, and that was pretty cool. Here's a little fun piece of trivia about Ghostbusters. So Lorenzo Music did the voice of Peter in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And Lorenzo Music was the guy that did the voice of Garfield. Garfield, yep. 
and he was on <laughs> he did uh, the big purple guy on, on uh gummy bears um he has a very distinct voice um he did the voice of peter bankman in 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 the ghost in the real ghostbusters bill murray watched that cartoon and said why do i sound like garfield and then he became Garfield. Oh and then <laughs> he played. And then he played Garfield years later. <laughs> oh, that's you know, funny. he did the voice of Garfield. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Um, there was one other thing before before I go to I, we go around the circle. I, I I meant to bring something up before we actually got started. I wanted to mention one of my favorite aspects of Saturday morning cartoons, and that is in the fall the Friday night special. Did you guys ever really look forward to, to watching this thing on? Oh, hell yeah. On Friday, on, on Friday night in the fall, like before the Saturday, when the new shows would come out, they would have a Friday night special where they would have all the previews of the new cartoons and stuff. And they would, uh, they would always be some kind of, a, some kind of a storyline to go with it, where they would bring the characters in, I remember one year it was Larry and Balky from Perfect Strangers, and they were talking about all the car- all the new cartoons coming out and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, I used, I used to love every fall. I kind of look forward to it, and it, and every network had one, and they were smart because they wouldn't show them at the same time. So, like NBC mm. would show theirs at seven, ABCs would be at seven thirty, you know. So that whole night you were watching the previews for the new cartoons and stuff. So. I, I remember the, the, and I couldn't tell you what year it was, probably, you know, mid seventies um, uh, for at, at least a couple of years. Uh, Lee majors hosted the ABC, ABC. I think it was ABC. Uh, Cause there was a $6 million man cartoon. Yeah. And, and he, w- he was the host for the, and you know, when I was a kid, my Holy Trinity was Jim West, Jim Kirk and Steve Austin. And uh, so <laughs> Lee majors hosting the show was just, you know, a kid gasm for me. <laughs> and I apologize for that word. I am going to scrub it from my brain. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just invented it. <laughs> all right, Jim, what about you? What's your first one? Uh, my first one is actually from the nineties. If that's all right. No, we hit uh, the nineties. No. <laughs> oh, darn it. Okay. Uh, you guys remember there was a Highlander movie. There's only been one, by the way. <laughs> there was a Highlander TV show and then there was Raven but we don't talk about that and then there was a Highlander animated series that came out in 1994 and it was another McLeod character from like the future yeah I was about was, to say I thought it took place in the future or something like that yeah it did but he in was the, in like, the far future he was like a descendant of the other two and yeah Quentin so that ran for like two years. Um, I've heard of it many times, but I've never actually seen it. Is it? Can you find it on YouTube? Can you watch it on YouTube? I don't know if you can, that? but I, I remember catching looked. a couple episodes of it. You, yeah. you can you can watch it on my Plex if anyone wants to share my Plex library. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Jen. You're correct. It was two seasons. That's my bad. There you go. But yeah, it was kind of hokey because it was in the future, but. <laughs> He was supposed to be the last living descendant of the Highlanders or something, but he was actually a descendant of, of the character, you know, Connor and Duncan and all that. Um, 
it's like a weird dystopian earth thing. He has his own Ramirez. And I think that he might actually be a, a, a descendant of, of, of the first Ramirez or something similar. But, I don't remember that, but <clears throat> yeah, Quentin has, has a mentor that uh, you know helps to teach him what it is to be a Highlander. And it's really fun to watch this, uh, um, collaborative French and Canadian, uh, animated program, try to tell a story about immortal beings that can only be defeated by removing their heads, but it's also a kid's show. So you can't really remove heads. Right. <laughs> did, did they do that? I mean, did, did they still talk about chopping people's heads off and stuff? Oh, yeah. Cartoon? Oh, yeah. Well, they the, talked about the yeah. price and all that. Yeah. They, they would they would, they would, would vaguely reference the fact that heads would have to come off and then they would find a way to do it off screen. Right. They wouldn't. They cut away and all that. Yeah. They do that in a TV show, too. At least the American cut of the TV show. They would cut away whenever anybody died. But not in the European version. <laughs> I only saw like a couple episodes of it, so I don't remember a lot, uh, but I do remember it existed. So there you go. Highlander, the animated series. <laughs> All right. Scott, what about you? Um, well, uh, the, the Highlander animated series was somewhere on my list. I didn't know where exactly it was going to be, but um, I figured it, it might come into play at some point. Um, but since it's already been taken, I'll move on to the, the animated show on my list that made me think of Highlander in that uh, it is another um, Canadian uh, animated production based on a movie uh, with not a whole lot of similarities to the, the movie and uh, really low quality animation. I mean, like direct to video Disney sequels in the nineties were higher quality than this animation. <laughs> Yikes. And this would be the one and only season of Stargate Infinity. Oh wow. Okay. I've only ever heard of it. I um <clears throat> acquired it today <laughs> and I watched the first episode today. I will watch the rest of it someday, but it's not gonna be easy. This was a rough piece of business. It's obviously worse than origins. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, worse than origins because that's, or, that's harsh. <laughs> origins tried to hew to the mythology somewhat. Sorry, this, somewhat, <laughs> yeah, somewhat. <laughs> Not necessarily successfully, but they tried at least. Um, and this oh, one, wow. yeah, as you can tell from their outfits, it's in some nebulous far future. Uh, no character from uh, either the original movie or SG-1. I think it was meant to be more of a spinoff of SG-1 than the movie, but still, it doesn't really matter because there's hardly any connective tissue between the original franchise and this animated series, except for the fact that they go through a ring with water in it called the Stargate, and they refer to Stargate Command, and they have a few of the buzzwords that you remember. But uh, and there's an like an alien cocoon or larva that is introduced in the first episode, and everyone thinks, "Oh, this uh, it's eventually going to grow to be an ancient, and we can finally figure out who the ancients are." And we're like, "We know who the ancients were." 
that was already covered in this in the series originally, but they're just making up new mythology. You got some previously unknown alien species. They're like large hairy lizard dogs uh, that you know walk on two legs and they speak perfect English. Yet for some reason they are using and they they take care to animate this uh, accurately. They're using Jaffa staff weapons, and none of them are Jaffa. They even have the sound effects, but no relation to the Gauld or the Jaffa. Nothing. No recognizable character names. It could almost be it, its own standalone series if they just change the shape of the portal that they go through. Yeah, just cashing in on the IP, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, it had uh, low ratings, and for good reason, and it got canceled after one season with zero plot threads resolved. <laughs> Rick, you got something? Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go for the low-hanging fruit because I am really finding that the internet is very 90-centric when it comes to Saturday morning cartoons. Um, but uh, one of the first, and in my opinion, one of the best adapt- cartoon adaptations of a live-action show and or movie is Star Trek The Animated Series, which was the first Star Trek I saw in real time. Um, You know, I grew up watching syndicated Star Trek after school. I remember watching it on, you know, little 13 inch black and white TV coming out of channel 22 in Massachusetts. Um, (laughs) You know, it was snowy picture and, you know, the, the, I didn't see Star Trek in color until I got my view master of, of the Omega glory. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it still was like, you know, sometimes I'm what, when I'm watching TOS, I still find the colors amazing because my original, you know, my earliest memories of Star Trek were all on black and white TVs. Um, but I didn't realize that I had watched the animated series all the way through until I did a rewatch of it a few years back when the mission log podcast got to the animated series. And uh, it was on, you know, it's available on Netflix. Um, And I realized, you know, the music, which is not Alexander courage or anyone that wrote music for, uh, for the original series uh, because um, you know, it's, it's real easy to say because Gene Roddenberry didn't want to pay, but, the whole thing was so low budget uh, that I don't necessarily know that, that the reason the show had different music was Roddenberry. I know that at that point, Roddenberry, you know, courage wanted nothing to do with Roddenberry because of the whole writing lyrics to the Star Trek theme. Yeah. Debacle, um, which I really wish I had never read those lyrics because I hear them in my head. Every time I hear the theme, (laughs) They suck. Um, but anyway, it's on Facebook or Twitter and you can hear Robert <laughs> Ricardo sing them. Oh, God. Sure you can. <laughs> um, I there may even be. No, maybe. Anyway, I was going to say there may be somewhere out there in the ether me singing them, but I don't think so. I, I honestly don't remember. Um, <laughs> so if, if you find it, don't. Don't tell me. (laughs) Um, But anyway, um, as I was rewatching the show, I realized that I watched every episode as it aired at the time. And while as a, what was a 70, 
73 to 75. Yeah, 70, was, 73. Yeah. So I was nine. Okay. So, you know, I didn't have a problem with it being a cartoon. I was just thrilled that Star Trek was on TV. Um, I, I vaguely remember being confused that the music was different, but every note of it is etched into my brain. And I didn't realize that until I heard it. And now I'm, it's, it's running through my head. The dun, 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 you know, it's like close, but not close enough that we have to pay royalty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there, there are so many lines from the show, you know, granted it was my brother and me making fun of it, but, you know, things like Kirk to entity and, uh, and <laughs> assistance is offered. You know, there, there were just so many things about that show. Um, that, you, you know, looking at it as an adult, it seems ridiculous. But as a Saturday morning cartoon, um, you know, especially DC Fontana and uh, I think Larry and Larry Niven, as we were talking about on another show uh, and Walter Koenig, who was not on the show because uh, they couldn't afford him. Not that he was expensive, but he was like the last one on the list and. You know, Their budget there, was tapped, yeah. Well, there, there's a famous story in that originally they got Kirk, they got Shatner, uh, DeForest Kelly, and Leonard Nimoy, and then they were going to have nobody else from the original cast. I think I think they had Majel Barrett because there was no way Roddenberry wasn't going to hire her. And Majel Barrett was going to do every other woman. Uh, and Nimoy was like, no, if you don't bring in Takei, Dewan, and Nichelle Nichols, I'm not doing the show. Uh, but unfortunately, I, you know, the, the, the history is a little vague on whether he didn't say anything about Walter Koenig or they just were like, all right, but we cannot afford him. Uh, so that's why Chekhov is not on the show. That's why we got Eric's. Um, but they kind of threw Walter Koenig a bone and let him let him write. And so the ultimate Vulcan, he wrote that episode, mm-hmm. the one with yeah. the 40 foot Spock. Yeah. Um, so, and then, you know, Jimmy Doohan, and it, it, it's funny if you watch it now, because Jimmy Doohan and Majel Barrett and Nichelle Nichols are like all of the other characters with a mm-hmm. couple of rare exceptions where they brought in somebody else. And it's so clear when they're so obvious when they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that as a Saturday morning cartoon goes, because, you know, it was filmation doing the animation, which is, you know, easy enough to make fun of, but they did a lot of shows that I loved as a kid, like Johnny quest and Godzilla and stuff like that. Don't bring up Godzuki or we'll have a talk. We'll have a problem. <laughs> um, you know, their, their, their animation wasn't great, but they also, you know, they were in the right budget and they were, they were able to turn things over quickly. Uh, so I think TAS gets a lot more flack than it deserves. And from a, you know, compared to the other crap that was going on at the time, I think it's a really, really good Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, and, you know, they they didn't know that there was more Star Trek coming. So this was as good as they could get, given the medium they were working in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember watching it in reruns on Nickelodeon in the 80s and uh, enjoying. I didn't see the oh, whole wow. series, but I've gone back and watched a few episodes recently. Because they're all available there on Paramount Plus now. So mm-hmm. and they look pretty good too, as far as the clarity and the colors and stuff. Animation still, I mean it's still filmation, but yeah, it's you know <laughs> it is what it is. But mm-hmm. 
Okay, my next one is Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. This was another film series that I was a huge fan of. I still am a huge fan of Back to the Future, really. But I've I've seen all three of those films many, many multiple times. And uh, the, the, the cartoon took place after part three. So Doc has that time traveling train. And he also builds a new DeLorean because the DeLorean gets destroyed in part three and they build a new one. And it's got new features and stuff that I can't remember what any of the features are now. I know one of the features was that they could push a button and the DeLorean would fold itself up into a suitcase. So, and they could hide it (laughs) when they were somewhere. Uh, But it had uh, uh, Michael J. Fox was not in it. And uh, Christopher Lloyd was not did not do the voice of the doc, uh, but he did do these live action bookends of the ep- in the episodes and stuff. And then uh, Marty's girlfriend Jennifer's there. Doc's wife Clara was there, and Einstein and then Doc's two sons Jules and Vern are in the are in the series. And um, it's funny because uh, Mary Steenburgen did come on the show. And so did Thomas F. Wilson. They they both reprised their roles. Bill Nye appeared from time to time and did a, a live action segment where he would do some experiments and stuff. But every week they traveled to some point in history. They went to prehistoric times and other famous points in time. And they would always run in. They were constantly running into bad guys. They were relatives of Biff. <laughs> and uh, that was that was pretty much the show. And it lasted. I want to say it was two seasons that it was on the air. Uh, and you can, I don't know if you can find full episodes on, uh, online, but I know you can find like the opening credits and all that kind of stuff. And, and they had a comic book. And if you read the comic book, basically the comic was episodes of the show turned into a comic book. So <laughs> I remember reading the comic. I'm like, wait a minute, I've already heard this story. Oh yeah. This was an episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Jim, what you got? What's next? Okay, well, you mentioned the Matrix before, but do you remember there was also the Animatrix, which was various skits, uh, animated shorts that they did, which helped tie into the to the movies, specifically the second and the third one? I remember that um, they happened, but I never watched them. They were much okay. better than the second and third movies. <laughs> I don't mind the second one, but yeah, they were, there were tie-ins to the, the latter two movies. Uh, one of them actually was how the plans got, how they found out that the they were coming, you know, the, the attack was coming. That's in one. And that's the one that's actually computer animated. It looks really cool. Um, there was also one talking about the kid that, who's in the second and the third one who keeps saying that Neo saved him. He has his own story. Uh, they actually have a two-part one that actually explains how the machine's gained AI and all that that's in there and how they rebelled. Um, there's a couple others that are just kind of there, like one's a noir story that uh, it's this detective and he finds Trinity uh, and all that. It's, it's interesting. They're all different art styles. Each one is a different art style. Yeah. Uh, and most of them do tie into the films, but some of them are just kind of one-off stories. So there's a couple you could probably skip, but <laughs> a, a few of them just kind of dabble in the universe without mm-hmm. having any sort of a connection, like the mm-hmm. the short about the um, 
the Olympic uh, track star who uh, manages to run so fast that he starts to run himself out of the matrix yeah. and into reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I know uh, I watched them all. I don't remember much about any of them because it was, you know, back when it came out, mm-hmm. which was what, 20 years ago, something like that. It's been, it's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and they're about to have a new one. Yeah. <sighs> but the, the, the concept of, you know, the, the multi-part um, varied styles of animated tie-ins for a movie series they um, they must have liked it with the animatrix because um between between batman begins and the dark knight they did one called gotham knight which mm-hmm. was uh the same thing but in the the nolan batman universe i had never heard of that now yeah. they did they did that with uh star wars in the prequels they had they had cartoon network had a um clone wars not the Clone Wars series to, with the CGI, but the, this was traditional animation, and the episodes were like ten minutes long or something like that. They were, they mm-hmm. were two two to three minutes long, and that, that oh, okay. was the lead into. I just finished listening to uh, uh, the, the. It's called the the Secrets of the Force. Mm-hmm. It it's a, a a it's it's by the same people that did the fifty year mission, the unauthorized history of Star Trek, which is all interview. It just all interviews with people that made Star Trek they did one about star Wars. And uh, so I, I, and I just finished listening to it, listening to it last week. Uh, and yeah, the, the initial clone wars things, Lucas wanted them to be one minute long. And they were like, dude, we can't do anything in a minute. So he's like, all right, three. <laughs> so yeah. they're, they're all like three minutes long and they all went over so well that they, they led to the, the full on series. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, I know that a lot of the art style for that, that first uh you know traditionally animated uh, uh clone wars uh you can see that art style some more if you watch samurai jack because it's the same people uh, yeah yeah <laughs> what's the next one on your list there scott i had come up with a few but uh let's say the one that i find uh possibly the most surprising that they would try to make a a children's animated series based on this particular film or film series. RoboCop. Oh, I don't know about this one. Wow. Okay. Oh, they had toys and everything. I never saw it, but I knew they did it. And I was like, are you effing kidding? (laughs) They actually had, they actually had two because they had one in the eighties and then they had another one in the nineties. There was one in 1988 and then, yeah. um, Another one, and it, it's right here. I'm bringing it up. One in '98. Didn't it come out right after RoboCop 2, which is probably the most graphic of the ones? <sighs> I can't rewatch RoboCop 2 because there's a couple of scenes that are just like too gruesome. Even. I can't watch yeah. the first one I, anymore. I, oh. I forget when when the second movie came out. Um, but the the first animated series came out in '88. The second animated series, which was RoboCop Alpha Commando, came out in '98. Um, and hmm. that one, yeah, uh, 41 episodes for Alpha Commando, which is like two seasons, um, probably, yeah. And back then, yeah, so this this Alpha Commando, uh, apparently, after being offline for five years, Robocop is reactivated in 2030. 
to help a federal agency called Alpha Division fight a high-tech terrorist organization known as DARK. Short for Directorate for Anarchy, Revenge, and Chaos. Because oh, they love acronyms. Is mm. chaos starts yeah. with a K? Okay. Yeah. Actually, actually, no. The, the, the acronym is D-A-R-C in the show. Oh, okay. Um, as for the original RoboCop animated series, um, I don't know. They they basically just take the the story of from the movie and continue it in animated form. Uh, IMDb doesn't even have any trivia for this. It's just RoboCop. RoboCop two didn't come out until nineteen ninety. So oh, okay. this would have been before that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the cast list for this animated series, and there are no names that I recognize. Not even Clancy Brown. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Clancy Brown was in everything. <laughs> Not in 1988, he wasn't. Mm. Yeah, he didn't yeah, he, start he was, doing voice was, work until way later. <laughs> yeah, he was doing actual uh, on-screen stuff mm-hmm. then. Um, but yes, I... What about Ron Perlman? I, I do... I do recall that the toy line was a was definitely in, in a bunch of places. I had a few RoboCop toys, including, if I'm not mistaken, one RoboCop where his entire armor suited body would glow in the dark. Oh, okay, I'm looking at the cash. Sean's going to bring up some toys. Here we go. Oh my God, you could get an Ed Two. Oh my God. Yeah, I had, oh, wow. I had that too. I had the Ed Two Hundred Nine as well, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, you know what? Just just as a just as a side note. On that that Star Wars book I was reading uh, that I was listening to, at one point they interviewed. They were talking to uh, some of the guys at uh, Kenner. Was it Kenner that did the He's Star Wars toys? He's got bullet holes in him. Oh my god! Oh no! Oh, that's <laughs> um, a toy. Oh my who, god! Who did? It, it was Kenner that did the Star Wars toys, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Initially, um, yeah. They they were talking to, to one of the guys who was in like the 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 development side of it. And he was like, you know, you know, after Star Wars, they just grabbed anything they could because he was talking about how they wanted to make they made alien toys for kids. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing the toys and they're like and he's like, this is an R rated movie. None of these kids are seeing these movies. And they're like, we don't care. Make the toys. Uh, Hey, only 10 bucks. (laughs) That's funny. Lots of toys for the super violent movie. (laughs) Um, it was, I, I want to say that it was RoboCop alien. And I think predator might've gotten a line of toys as well. Now, some of those we got yeah. the, the, uh, the, the Todd McFarlane high end action figure. Mm-hmm. You never open it. Cause someday it'll be worth something. Yeah. Eventually yeah. when you got into, into the nineties, but in, in the yeah. late eighties, it was relatively rare. And thus, pretty notable when the R-rated movies got toy lines, and and this this yeah. was one of them. Um, oh, also, well, I'll I'll wait because depending on how on how many rounds we go, I might I might have this one for another uh, entry on my list. So I'll save it. All right, Rick. What's the next one you got? Oh hell, I don't know. <laughs> I I was looking through the list, and like I said, um, the 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 internet is very you know '90s and beyond centric for for cartoons. But I saw a lot of titles that I vaguely remember watching as a kid. Um, I can't go into any detail about it because I honestly I know I watched them, um, but 
I couldn't tell you anything about them, but uh, uh, one I do remember a bit about, and and again, no details, but I remember really liking it was uh, uh, Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle, which I don't know if that counts as being based on you know live uh, action but there were tarzan movies i, I watched it I, I remember watching it i actually um, enjoyed it i think i remember that, watching that too yeah that was another one my my brother and i used to we used to uh I, you know i am uh, this is my domain and i protect those that come here because i am tarzan lord of the jungle and you know it was you know tarzan was you know the great white savior of the of the jungle and and uh in this version he was tan i remember I, well yeah but you know, my, my, my father died when I was 14 and my, my folks got divorced when I was two. So I didn't really get to spend that much time with my dad growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but one of the things we enjoyed that we, that I do remember we used to do together was watch the, tar- the old uh, Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan movies. And my father was a big fan of the Tarzan books. And I eventually tried to read them and uh, i got as far as korak son of tarzan and they became very repetitive um but uh you know so that cartoon because i was i was so into tarzan because my dad was into tarzan um i really enjoyed the the cartoon um and you know and then the 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 christopher lambert movie which is kind of laughable but in a you know it, it it's it's hard to defend tarzan now in 2021 because uh it, it it if you've ever read the books they're actually incredibly racist uh and at, at some at, at there there's one point in the original book where Edgar Rice Burroughs is talking about how you know the infant Tarzan or not the infant anymore but you know af- after the 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 uh the Mangani which are the apes that that killed Tarzan's parents you know Lord Greystoke's parents and then and then you know one of them raises him as their as their own uh, and then eventually he finds the 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 tree house that his parents built and he teaches himself to read and at one, at one point Burroughs actually straight up without any obfuscation says that it's because of the inherent superiority of the British aristocracy that Tarzan is able to do this. Um, you know, and then it just becomes, you know, the whole template for the white savior trope. Um, but before I knew all of this, I just loved Tarzan (laughs) as a kid. (laughs) Um, and, you know, if you go back and you watch, you watch the Johnny, Johnny Weissmiller movies and, and the other Tarzans, and it's almost always, you know, there, there's this tribe of, of African natives who are being led by a white woman in a leopard skin bikini. <laughs> and then somehow Tarzan gets <laughs> yeah. involved. And it's, it, oh, it's some of the most horribly racist stuff ever. Um, and I can't defend it in any way, but as a kid, I, I really enjoyed the show. So I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I remember watching that when I was a kid, but did, did Tarzan, uh, did he, 
did he just talk like a normal person in that class? Yeah, he talked like a normal yeah. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he, I think it might have even been, you know, uh, 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 oh, the guy that did laughing and and meanwhile back at the Hall of Justice. Oh, you know, was, oh, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, he he was. You know, it was like the 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 sixties Spider Man cartoons where you know he was just a guy until he put on his Spider Man outfit and now I'm Spider Man and I talk with a hero voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was the Legend of Tarzan, uh, which was the Disney one, which no. they did an animated series of that too. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, oh, Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Is Tarzan, the Lord of the about. Jungle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I'm looking at it right. Yep, he was. <laughs> he was not white. No, let's put it that way. Well, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't not white either. He was. He was very not white. <laughs> uh, Robert Ridgely did the voice of him. Hmm. Yeah, I actually reckon. Oh, Todd Cassidy. Ted Cassidy was on that show. <laughs> Ted Cassidy, Ted Cassidy was Lurch. did a lot of voice work in the, yeah. in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, that's uh, Lurch or Ruck from yep. What Are Little Girls Made Of in TOS. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer was on that show. Yeah, I recognize quite a few of these. Voice oh, actors. Lurch. Yeah, so that was the guy that played Mr. Hom in uh, no. the Next Generation. No, 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 no. no. He was. You're, you're no, going that... too far ahead. Ted Cassidy no. was dead by then. Ted Cassidy played Lurch in the original Adams Family TV. That was show. Carl Striken who was uh, okay, okay. Yeah. He was Lurch in the in movies. the movie. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh my next one is Rambo the Force of Freedom from 1986. Oh my. <laughs> a, a movie about a Vietnam vet with PTSD that goes on a killing spree is ripe with material for a children's cartoon, right? Now, if you had said cartoons that were based on inappropriate material, I'd have been all of them. Luckily, we just kind of made it by that by default. It's a de- <laughs> it's de facto that list. So how do you take that character and make it into a cartoon? Well, you make it a ripoff of G.I. Joe and you have him trained a bunch of kids to fight a ruthless terrorist organization known as Savage, which stands for Special Administrators of Vengeance, Anarchy, and Global Extortion. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Acronyms, man. <laughs> yeah, and it it had they had this thing where um, in the 80s, I guess it kind of started with the old Superman cartoons and stuff like this, but in the 80s, you had like He-Man and everything. So, your character had to be a regular guy that had to go through a transformation to become the hero. So Rambo in the cartoon would usually, when the show would open, he would be wearing like a tank top or something like that. But when the shit hit the fan and it was time to become Rambo, (laughs) then they had this, uh, they had this little montage that they showed the same exact thing every time, just like he man holding the sword up. Rambo would lace up his boots. They show him from the back, putting his bandana on and tightening it <laughs> and, uh, and stuff like that, you know, and then, then he was, and then he was Rambo and he was ready to fight, you know, um, you know, got to show those back muscles and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Cause that's what Rambo is known for. I haven't seen it since I was nine, but I cannot imagine that it held up very well. <laughs> you know, so, something along those lines that I've always thought was hilarious. This has nothing to do with anything based on something else, but um, y'all remember the old underdog cartoon? 
yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, back in the in the in the sixties and the seventies, uh, a lot of heroes went from being their their you know mild mannered alter ego to taking a pill or drinking a potion or something and becoming super. And underdog had in in had a ring had a that was a U and it was always you know he'd get his ass kicked and he'd be just like on the verge of defeat and then he'd be like the secret compartment of my ring I fill with an underdog super energy pill and he'd take the pill and you know Polly would pop the ring and give him the pill and he'd become super and then he'd kick all the bad guys' asses. Well, when I was a kid in my in Miami, there was a local station. Uh, this is long before cable uh, that broadcast underdog, but it was a Christian broadcasting network station. And so they'd always edit that part out. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to promote drug use. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of the cartoons where they took pills and stuff like that kind of stopped in the eighties because of the Nancy Reagan, just say no mm-hmm. campaigns and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they didn't do a very good job at the edit. So it would always be like the secret compartment. Da, da, da. <laughs> they just have to do some, some, some clever audio editing and overlays. Now I just access the secret compartment for my communion wafer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Take my Jesus pill. <laughs> All right, Jim, what have you got? Okay, this was much more recent. This is from 2012. Uh, this is Tron Uprising, which was sadly only one that. season. Yeah, I remember that. It yeah. was on Disney X. What they was it XD is what, yep. what yeah. they were calling it. Yeah, yep. but it had a really shitty time slot. It was on like Friday at like 10 o'clock in the in the evening or something uh, the death crazy. Slot. Yeah, pretty much. But it's essentially it takes place. Before the new movie that came out in 2010, that's like right before. It's kind of sort of a prequel. Uh, but the cast list, oh my God, you got to hear this cast list. Eliza Wood, Mandy Moore, Lance Hendrickson, Paul Rubens, who actually plays a villain character and he's actually really good. Fred Tashior, Aaron Paul, Kate Mara, Marsha Gay Harden, Lance Reddick. David Arquette, Olivia Wilde replies to character, Cora. Uh, I mean, it's crazy, crazy cast list. Um, and that's actually computer animated, believe it or not. They made it look like cell animation. Uh, the character on the on the left there is Bruce Boxleitner's character, Tron. And he reprised, he voiced the character. The character on the right is Elijah Wood's character. Um the general gist of it is it's right after Tron has been injured. Uh, so he goes into hiding. Uh, Elijah Wood's character finds him. Uh, and essentially he becomes a vigilante hero pretending to be Tron and running around doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, so he has a secret identity. Uh, it's actually really well done. And sadly, they left it on a cliffhanger at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the way? <laughs> yeah, but since they're talking about doing a third movie, they they're talking about maybe bringing Uprising back for another season. I thought Tron was dead. I as a as a as a franchise, I thought they killed. No, him. they're 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 already talking about a third film. Well, the last I heard, they were they had changed their talks into a Disney Plus series. 
when they were when, when they were making the second one, they were they were already talking about what the follow up would be. They had they they had designs for completing a trilogy when they started mm-hmm. part two, but the third movie just never materialized. Tr three in. Well, because well, because yeah. Tron Legacy tanked hard and deserved to. It was a piece of garbage. Oh, don't you dare! I love that movie. <laughs> it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. No. The only good thing to come out of that movie was the soundtrack, which I still no! listen to. Oh, well, oh, God. Not yet. No, oh, no. <laughs> I love that movie. I'm sorry. I will I will stay on that hill. Okay. Um, I never but saw the, it. Okay. It wasn't worse. I mean, it wasn't worse than the original. <laughs> no, I mean, the original. The original wasn't that good either, to be frank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but the 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 TV show is actually really good. Uh, it's just sad that they only did one season of it because of a shitty time slot. <laughs> and um, the fact that they got so many really good I mean, and famous people to do the voices. I mean, this was before Mandy Moore was really into her singing career. Uh, and the fact they got Fox Leitner to reprise his character. He wasn't exactly again, busy at the time. <laughs> It was so cool. I mean, there's a scene at the, the very end of the first season where he finally gets fixed, quote unquote, because, you know, they're computer programs. Uh, and he says, hey, bad news. Or he says, good news. I'm healed. Bad news. I'm healed. <laughs> and he starts beating up a bunch of guys. It's really cool. Anyway, um, but I, I will stand on that hill. I love the movie and I love this the, the cartoon. Damn it. <laughs> I was, I was just, because, you know, I I, I will be, I'll be frank. I got caught up in the hype of Tron Legacy. What? (laughs) Can I still be Sean? Yes, you can be Sean. I'll be, I'll be (laughs) frank. Uh, Or, or ferret face. Ask your, ask your grandparents about that joke, folks. (laughs) But, uh, um, no, I, I got caught up in the, in the, 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 the Tron nostalgia when Tron Legacy was coming out. And then we we bought the 25th anniversary edition of Tron. I was like, oh yay, great! And we put it on. And then I I realized how mediocre the original movie was. You know, it 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 was interesting in the you know from from the technical aspect of of what it did at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pushing. Uh, you know, it was one of the first movies to ever use a lot of computer graphics but a lot of it was not computer graphics. well it didn't age well and all of the glowing lights on everybody was hand-drawn and all well, that stuff. well yeah and, and it turns out you know I, what i didn't realize and you know there were some interesting things about it like the original tron most of it was shot in black and white and then all of the glowing stuff was mm-hmm. was rotoscoped in yeah which was interesting and then you know you got a lot of the wire the the, the wire framework with the with the recognizers and the grid bugs and stuff and i i loved playing the arcade game which it, it it's a, a good bet none of y'all have even seen it oh i have <laughs> um mm-hmm. you know and and but it it just it wasn't really all that good of a movie um but then legacy came out and you know my wife and i saw it on imax we were really excited about it and it just was it, it was visually stunning yes uh, the Daft Punk soundtrack was amazing. I went out and bought it immediately. Uh, well, I didn't go out and buy it. I mean, I downloaded it, but I paid for it. Um, but just the stakes were so low 
because here we are in the middle of it. You know, we're in the internet age now, and the whole thing was was, you know, if they had if there had been the threat of it going viral, of it getting out into the internet, it would have been so much more impactful. But as it was, it was like, who cares if these characters these, these programs take over this particular arcade? Ooh, <laughs> you know? um, it, it just and and the the the, the CG of you know the 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 um, the de aging of that was bad. Was I bad. will admit the 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 uncanny valley of of uh, yeah, it, it, it worked better because they were inside a computer. But just overall, I thought the the movie was so underwhelming for all the hype and and the stakes were so low that you know after we came out and you know i i you know i enjoyed watching olivia wilde as much as any person who appreciates a very lovely lady uh, but you know the only thing i really remember about her was when she was sitting on the couch and going whoa <laughs> <laughs> so uh i really wished i i wanted the movie to be better and it, you know, if and but it it also it it failed at the box office. Yeah. So I, you know, as far as I knew, the Tron franchise was was kaput. It so was for a while. If it's they're only... talking about doing a third one, I'm in for it. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a chance, uh, but I don't have high hopes. Yeah, because of uh, there's been kind of a resurgence of the Tron brand in recent. Uh, months or years or it's been very recent mm-hmm. um so they're they've been talking about like jared leto's already attached to it and he's been attached to the third film um it's not going to be the tron story it's going to be separate kind of like tron uprising is it's not the movie it's only vaguely tied together because tron's in it mm-hmm. um but they're like J- jared leto's going to play a completely new character and some other things uh, but I don't know because they've been this thing's been in development for so long. I don't know if they're ever going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was but, a story that came out a month ago that says that they've added the production designer from Dune. Okay, and they're still moving forward with uh, the Tron franchise. It doesn't say if it's going to be a movie or a Disney series. I would Either love way. to mm-hmm. be able to to enjoy Tron. Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it, it's a great premise that I think has yet to be done well. Mm. And and I well, really think that if they had, if it, if the potential for the 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 evil programs, I don't even remember. You know, if if they had just dealt with the internet, with them being able to get out beyond this arcade, it would have made it. It would have stepped the movie up and made me give a damn. As mm-hmm. it was, it was like, oh wow! If you lose, so what? <laughs> that, well, and that was my I problem mean, with it. That was what I liked about the the cartoon was that it delved further into what what the grid. Oh yeah, by Tricia Helfer did the voice of the grid too. Oh, by the way, okay. um, which she's done other computer voices anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she uh, she was awesome, and uh, yeah, but it it delves more into other characters in the grid and their day-to-day lives and mm-hmm. why they're there and why they're programmed to do this, that, and the other thing. Cause like even lawnmower man, as awful as that was, had oh, bigger God. stakes than Tron did. <laughs> <laughs>
but no <laughs> cartoon of that. Know, the, and the internet didn't even exist at that point. Oh gosh, and that's really dated. I mean, you think Tron stated one more in the first well, one, and and, that, and that's what that's what you know what was so so shocking to me with Tron Legacy was they didn't. It, it, it was all so self-contained. It just, it didn't I know, but matter. it's beautiful film. Oh my. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's gorgeous. visually gorgeous. True. You know, <laughs> but you, you need more than, than production value to make, <laughs> to make a movie interesting. I like the script, but I, I'm staying on that hill. I, and I, I do not, I do not fault you for that. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I wish yeah, okay. I could have. Okay. Okay. Moving Scott, on. Scott, what Come you on, got? um i forgot what was i gonna put okay that's right um uh i i had several options i get the feeling we're probably not gonna be going many more rounds on this but uh i'll jump in with one that it it's not the most obscure it's not like the the most oddball to get spun out of an animated series from the old days like for example karate kid oh bonus honorable mention uh but i at least wanted to give a bit of uh belated love and uh underrated appreciation for clerks the animated series ah uh, that was on my list yeah <laughs> uh ran for a uh a depressingly small six episode run yeah it was pretty short <laughs> yeah by the time i heard about it it was gone yeah delayed i think a minimum of three times before its premiere uh the the network aired episode two first which was the biggest mistake they could make because one of the gags of the series was episode two was chock full of flashbacks and every flashback was to the previous episode to the first episode yeah (laughs) which no one had seen they aired episode two and then i think episode four I can't remember what order they put stuff in. I know that after the fourth episode aired, they they canceled the series uh, <laughs> before they even aired all six episodes that had been made. Uh, put on. Well, the problem was that the, that they were it should it should never have been on one of the big networks. It should have been on a cable network that's going to rerun the crap out of it because. I think it, and I think it was coming on like a Friday night, like a Friday night at like seven o'clock or something. Yeah, like that. it had a weird time slot too. So the people that the people that would watch it were not even at home. Yeah, you it, know? it was it was a fairly prime time show because you know it wasn't aimed at children, so it's not like they could put it on Saturday mornings and they couldn't put it on at three o'clock in the afternoon for the after school crowd. This is no, but Comedy Central could have put it on at midnight, you know, or something like that when the but when people would be watching it and show it. You know, you know how they do. They rerun stuff over and over and over. But was Comedy Central a thing in the year two thousand? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. can't remember when they started. So, yeah, they were out in the nineties. Yeah, they started. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the the there was the Comedy Channel and Ha back in ninety two, and then and and I may be getting these dates slightly wrong, but there was the Comedy Channel and ha network and then somewhere in the mid 90s they merged and became comedy mm-hmm. central if they made it now they would put it on a streaming service and it would probably made like five oh, yeah. seasons <laughs> probably yeah maybe someone will get the right idea to try to revive the animated series after clerks three comes out because they've and i, I don't know if they've wrapped filming but 
I know they've at least begun filming. Yeah, they've 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 wrapped principal photography anyway. Oh, okay. So uh they're in editing and it doesn't take Kevin Smith long to edit because he edits while they're still shooting. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> it seems like they're like they made a movie. Let's see. Oh wow, I was I was late on that. The comedy uh, channel and ha merged in nineteen ninety. So an, are you talking about an animated movie, Sean? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you're probably thinking of uh yeah, Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy cartoon movie, which was a I wanna I think it might be a flash based movie. If not flash based, hmm. then then similar. It's it's like crowdfunded, fan made, but officially authorized and approved by by Kevin Smith. I think they got Jay Muse to do the voice. The what trailers I saw for it were abysmal. No way was I gonna watch it. I haven't and I won't. Because yikes. <laughs> That's gotta be rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. I <laughs> I get it. I get that joke. There you go. Yeah. See. Oh God! <laughs> it looks like oh my gosh! It looks like Schoolhouse Rock, and that was yeah. totally intentional. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. For, for, for the title, that, that's totally intentional. But I mean, you look at those character designs, and you realize, wow, this is really. Hey, there's Cottonocker. This is this yeah. is every joke Kevin Smith did recycled into a cartoon. Some yeah, pretty much. Real amateur shit right there. Yeah. All right. Uh Rick, what you got? You got another one? Not really. I mean, I I could I could <laughs> okay. say I could mention, you know, I, I looking at the list of 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 things that I was finally able to track down, you know, there were things like there was a Gilligan's Island cartoon, that. there was Return to the Planet of the Apes cartoon. Yeah, watch that. Yeah. Uh, Gilligan's Planet. Gilligan's Planet. Yep. Well, that yep. too. Yeah. Um that, were, that was the know, only Harlem Globetrotters were everywhere in the 70s. Uh the 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 new adventures of Superman which were far more related to the George Reeves uh, Superman series than I realized uh, for a while. But to be frank, I remember watching these shows, but I couldn't tell you much about any of them. So it did the new adventures of Batman that had Adam West and Burt Ward as the voice. That was on my list. And it was painful to listen to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause it was, you know, it, it, you could tell that it was a 70 year old Adam West. No, no, no. This is no, no, not, no. This was in the 70s. This was, a t- this was a TV cartoon that came oh, on. Yeah. In the 70s. I don't, I don't. It remember. was also done by filmation around the same time, same time that yeah. Gary Owens, he was the voice of Batman yes. on, on like Super Friends and, and the Batman yep. show. And mm-hmm. Casey Kasem was the voice of, of Robin. Yep. And he was also a Blue Falcon. Well, Casey K- and he was also Shaggy. Casey Kasem was all over the place. Oh, no, Gary like, Owens was Blue Falcon, which was oh, really yeah, weird. Yeah, which was really weird when Scooby Doo met Batman because Robin <laughs> and Shaggy had the same voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All they needed was to add in the Transformers um, and have Bumblebee show up. Right. <laughs> but you know, but the thing is, you know, back back in the '60s, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, they don't, they don't probably don't do it much anymore because there's no Saturday morning cartoons anymore. But you know, back in the '60s and '70s, especially in the '70s, if a movie was a hit, it became a cartoon. You know, or if a TV show was a hit, you know, there was there was a Brady Bunch cartoon for God's sake. Um, Emergency. Yeah. Emergency had a cartoon. And, and, you know, and they would all last like one season and then they'd go away because uh, they were awful. <laughs> they, were, they were just kind of the Partridge family, 2200 A.D. So who the Partridge family, 2200 oh, yeah, A.D. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going to. All right. I'm we'll, going to have to see if I can get that animated uh, version of emergency 
for my folks <laughs> because I, I don't know if Randolph Mantooth or Johnny Gage or uh, uh, no, Johnny Gage was the character. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, what was the actor's name? Oh, that That's going to bug me. I'm, oh yeah. I that's know what, him. I, I'm going to kick myself once I see his name. Uh, Kevin Ty. Oh, right, okay. right, right. Yeah. Um, and did you know that emergency was a spinoff of Adam 12? Was which it? was a, which wow. was a spinoff of Dragnet. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I knew. Spin off, spin off, spin off. Ask your grandparents, folks. Hey, <laughs> I'll ask my parents. Thank you very much. They have every season of Emergency on DVD. Thanks to me. Hey, Mr. Jen, Mr. Jen watches Adam 12 on reruns now. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, me, TV. I, I, had, to make, I um, had to make sure they got Emergency because my dad was a paramedic. My dad would drive the ambulance ah, and he okay. would go out and do his EMT stuff in the field. And he remembers the days. That that were shown on emergency, where when the ambulance got to the scene, one guy gets out and starts checking the patient. The other guy pulls out the great big box, sets up the antenna, <laughs> and calls the hospital. So the doctor, Rampart. so the doctor could tell them what to do. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you yeah. And the doctor, him, was, you and the the doctor thing, was John Delancey. You know, was ask it? him if he ever did yeah. the thing with the with the two tubes with the and he would go poof. And pop the corks out and then screw them together. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> when, 50, 50 when they would call the doctor at the hospital and he would tell them what to do, the doctor that they were talking to was John Delancey. No, it was at, not. At least in some episodes. Yes, it was. It was not. David, I just, I just, no. I just saw an episode like a couple of months ago. It was, it was John Delancey. Oh, it was. Oh, all right. Hang on. I'll, I'll tell you the name. Yeah, we got to look now. <laughs> Maybe John Delancey showed up in like an episode, but it's not like he was a, a regular fixture on there. Just he, he he wasn't. Um, but what, what what I love about emergency when I go back and I see those episodes and I see them calling the hospital so the doctor can tell them what to do because the EMTs can't make decisions on their own. You know they can't they can't even give someone an IV or or, or a chest tube um, in the field. And I'm watching an episode. I happen to be at my parents' house at the time. And my dad says, "Nah, it's nothing." You know, I was the first one to come in. It was Robert Fuller as Dr. Kelly Brackett. Yep, Dr. Brackett. Okay, John Delancey was in three episodes of the show. So oh, you yeah. go. those are the ones I saw. <laughs> five seasons, you saw those three episodes. <laughs> so it, as it turns out, in in the city that in the city that I live in and grew up in, when uh EMTs were still new going out in the ambulances and doing actual medical procedures in the field under the doctor's orders by radio. Um, there was one time where my father and his uh, partner in the ambulance get out there and my dad just starts putting in a, 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 a I think it was a central line or a chest tube, but he, he starts to intubate the guy in the field and no one told him to do that. And the other guy gets on the radio to the, to the hospital and uh, gives him all the stats, and he says, and "He says my, uh, my my partner is uh, is putting in a line right now." And the doctor says, "Wait a minute! No one told him to do that. Who's out there with you?" The guy says, "Oh, Jimmy's out here with me." The doctor says, "Okay, he's fine. That's all right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad. My dad was a paramedic slash firefighter, and my mom was a nurse slash EMT. And uh, they used to love watching um, Rescue Nine One One with William Shatner. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh I bet. Oh, wow. All right, let's uh, let's go around one more time, and uh, I'm going to throw two out. I'll do them quick. But uh, one was 
from 1986. It was Teen Wolf. Yep. Um, it was. They changed some stuff from the movie because in the movie <laughs> yeah. Scott Scott was a was an only child and he lived with his dad and in the cartoon his grandparents also lived with him and he had a little sister, but they did a lot of storylines that dealt with um, that dealt with like being different from other people and stuff like that and he uh, in the cartoon he was keeping it a secret and then you know in the movie it was just like everybody knows he's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. They also changed it to a, 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 a town was the town was called like Wolverton or something like that. And uh, yeah, Wolverton and uh, tourists were always coming because there was all these sightings of werewolves and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, that was a that was a, a, a good one that I used to watch. And then with Donnie also Longston styles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. And then in 1990, they had Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Oh, that was one of my now I gotta switch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was, I mean, it, it was it was good. It, it was kind of a gimme because the movie actually picked up a lot of steam when it came on showtime because they showed it every afternoon. And then uh so a lot of kids started watching it and they started talking about it at school and stuff, and then so they did the cartoon. It lasted for two seasons. Uh, it was a lot of the same stuff like Back to the Future was doing, you know, they just traveling to different points in history. And I remember an episode where they met Mark Twain and uh, they, there was obvi- obviously there's always one where they go to prehistoric times and stuff like that. But did they find um, Data's head? <laughs> and the, 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 the funny thing is season one actually had Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter doing the voices. And then they left at the end of that season and they were getting ready to do a live action TV series that they did do, but it only lasted seven episodes. But the um, the actors that were playing them in that series came and did the voices for the second season, and then it went away after that. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Jen, what you got for your last one? Okay, I'll get then. I'll do two as well. <laughs> okay. Okay, first one is River. There was a Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling show. <laughs> I used to love the yeah. I used to love that when I was a kid. <laughs> yes, it was like a bunch of the the more caricature wrestlers from the eighties, and they were all in animated form. And, but they weren't doing the voices because they're so no. Subtle it wasn't the actual and, and realistic well, now. <laughs> it was yeah. It was uh, uh, Brad Garrett did the voice of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that, that yeah. plays uh, Robert on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Ooh, like Raymond. Charles Adler was. It? <laughs> yeah, I mean a lot of people who were famous back then who did voice acting, you know. But yeah, that was a thing. Um, and then there was, believe it or not, a Happy Days cartoon where they were time traveling around. Oh, I vaguely remember that. The Fonz yeah. and the Happy Days gang. Yeah, and they were in a time travel device. I can't remember what it was specifically, but yeah, they were time traveling all over the place. Um, that was in the eighties at some point. <laughs> all right, um, Scott, what about you? Uh, okay, so two of them that I kept in my back pocket. Uh, one uh, noteworthy because I recently went through and watched the entire film series. All wait, wait. Wait, all, all, all seven of them. That's right. Um, Police Academy, the animated series. Not to be confused yeah. with oh. Police Academy, the live action series. 
co-starring um, Michael Winslow, the only uh, carryover actor from the movies to the series, who um, I I hear, thanks to our Facebook group, uh, appeared as a contestant on America's Got Talent recently. Yeah, he made it to the semifinals, too. He got voted off like two weeks before the finale. Wow. But his act is, I mean, that's all it is. It's just him doing sounds, doing noises and stuff. It's not, there's no jokes. <laughs> so and the audience is laughing, but it's, I mean, there's no jokes. It's just him making noises. And I assume it's probably the same stuff that he was doing 30 years ago. Yeah, I pretty, bet, much. yeah. Um, pretty much. So I, what can you say? It's Police Academy. It's a cartoon. It's uh, exactly what you expect it's going to be, just with probably about 80 to 85% uh, fewer uh, sex jokes and boobs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other, which this makes a little bit more sense uh, to be adapted into an animated form. Um, but it's still uncomfortable to see the the female character de-aged from like a mid to late teens in the movie to apparently a 12 year old in the animated series, which is Beetlejuice. Oh, yes. I actually like the Beetlejuice cartoon. Beetlejuice, the cartoon Beetlejuice was actually pretty good. Yeah. They did a lot of the kind of stuff that you see on the Flintstones. And I guess that kind of SpongeBob does now where they do a lot of uh, sight gags that yes. that you're in you're in the dead world or whatever. So there's all these dead puns and stuff. That, but uh, but the, I mean the storylines were not bad for mm-hmm. you know an '80s cartoon and stuff. Yeah, I, when I remember a specific episode, they kept talking about a mountain hideaway and it kept running off. Yeah, because it was hiding from. <laughs> well, and Beetlejuice was not bad in the cartoon no. he was him no. him and uh lydia him and lydia were friends, were friends. Yeah. yeah 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 they were you know uh, friends and partnered up and i there were there were times where it seemed like they were hinting like that they were a couple of sorts uh not it, really no at least uh, this is what young me thought i haven't rewatched it yet uh says the guy who will in theory uh have the entire series by tomorrow morning available to watch <laughs> somehow. Um, so I'll go back and rewatch it and see what they're doing with the relationship there. But according to IMDb, the character of Lydia in the animated series is 12, which is weird. But mm. other than that, I do recall it being a, you know, a pretty good show. It was popular back in its day and it ran for um, 94 episodes. So yeah, pretty, they must yeah. have been doing. They must right. have been doing something right. It was developed mm-hmm. by Tim Burton. That doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't know <laughs> if it was developed by Tim Burton so much as it was based off of a property that he created. So he's going to get a producer credit for all eternity. Or it was. It was developed in the sense of, all right, send me a check and you can use this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a list here of just a. And we, I mean, you guys can, we can comment on them, but I wanted to read them off. Let me pull it up. And this is just a bunch of well, does Rick others have, that I does, have found. Does Rick have any more final ones before you go you. into those? Shows? Oh, come on. You can yeah. do Clone Wars. I mean, come on. Come, I haven't watched it. 
<gasps> That's right, you haven't. Oh, I, I can't stand Anakin, so I'm really. He's not actually much Wars. better in the cartoon. Trust me. I care not. Okay. <laughs> I don't like wonderful, the character. wonderful choice, Rick. I I almost included droids on my list as well. <laughs> good, good pick. Good call. And Ewoks. Yeah, yeah. The Ewoks cartoon. And 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 I don't mean to be flip. I and I I am glad that people were able I to enjoy were what? You were Frank. You were Frank. Now you're Frank. I'm, I'm, I'm all into the F's tonight, and I have only used it once. <laughs> well, maybe twice at the beginning, but that, what, that didn't count because I was bitching at something. Anyway, I'm glad that you all ha- can enjoy the Clone Wars. Um, I have tried, and I just I cannot stand Anakin, and I have such enmity for the the prequel trilogy that anything to do with that. I just, I cannot enjoy it. And so rather than watch it or try to watch it and then crap all over it, I'm just like, y'all, that's you. Uh, I, I, you know, I am a new hope and, and beyond, and I'm loving the Mandalorian and I loved rebels, but I really have no interest in the prequels or the clone wars. Have you watched um, the what's the new one? The uh, Bad Batch. The Bad, the Bad Batch. Batch. Yeah. I watched the yeah. first episode and went, "Oh, this is Clone Wars stuff." And <laughs> well, it's of. between Clone Wars and <laughs> it's, Rebels. It's still all of it's, that stuff, and I don't like any of it. It's set between the Clone Wars and Rebels, but but there are clones. It's clearly, it's a sequel to Clone Wars. I haven't yeah, watched a single true. episode, and even I can tell that it's a sequel. Mm-hmm. And see, I, ne- I didn't watch Clone Wars either because I didn't have cable when it was when they were making it, so I never got into it. And I and there was way too much of it for me to go back. Yeah, and watch. I have DVDs because <laughs> my my eldest was into it. Um, it just it just doesn't interest me. And and it's not like I watched it's not like I watched the Bad Batch the first episode and went, "This is the Clone Wars." This I'm out of here. It was just by the end of it, I was like, I don't care. I really don't care about any of this 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 period in the Star Wars history. It mm, okay, it just doesn't do anything for me. They made the Brady Kids in 1972. Yeah. You mentioned that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emergency Plus Four. That's the name of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laverne and Shirley in the Army. Oh gosh! Holy wow. crap! I forgot all about that. I wish I still. And there was like some that. kind of monster with them or something, right? Was there some it kind was of monster? Just, I never saw that popular one. series in the seventies. Got a t- Got a Saturday morning cartoon. Gilligan got two of them. He had the New Adventures of Gilligan and, and Gilligan's, Gilligan's Planet, Planet. Yeah. came out in the seventies. And Gilligan's Planet was the same premise. Yeah. They yeah. were stranded on a planet. They got off the island because the professor can't fix the boat, but he can build a <laughs> spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> and they got stranded on a planet and instead of being chased by headhunters all the time they're being chased by yeah. aliens yeah so, and then uh alf tales i don't know if you guys remember that i remember oh, that wow yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well they did alf first and it was supposed to be about alf when he lived on his planet that he came from yep. melmac mm-hmm. and then um and then they stopped doing that one and the next season was alf tales and it was like all these retellings of classic literature but alf was in it I didn't you know, see okay. Robin Hood in, in the stuff. same vein. I don't, I don't know if any of you guys are old and uh, have ever seen these or even knew it. Do you got all right? Y'all know who Mr. Magoo was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
there was a series yeah. of cartoons that they did with Mr. Magoo that were classic literature turned into Mr. Magoo cartoons. And the two yeah. I remember was the Frankenstein one was scary as hell. Uh, and then they also, and I also remember Treasure Island, but there was like a mm. whole series of classic books turned into cartoons starring Mr. Magoo. Yeah. <laughs> Voiced by Jim Backus, who was Mr. Howell on, on Gilligan's Gilligan's Island. Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1983, they had the Dukes, which was the Dukes of Hazard cartoon. Don't think I ever watched uh, that. Partridge Family 2200 AD, uh, oh. Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Now, in 1995, they had Ace Ventura Pet Detective. They had Dumb and Dumber and The Mask. Mm-hmm. I, remember the, I remember the Mask cartoon. Yeah. The Mask was more closely uh, an ad- adaptation of the comic. Yeah. But not as dark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and they kind of merged the two, you know. It's um, hard to be as dark as the original Mask comic. I have the omnibus yeah. behind me. Whoa. <laughs> Um, we mentioned Beetlejuice, mentioned the Karate Kid, the Mummy, the animated series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, was that. in that was in two thousand. Was that based on yep. the Brendan um, Fraser movies? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't suppose Brendan Fraser was in it. I don't oh, believe no, so. The, no. the character was in it, but the since it's an animated series made for kids, they're focusing on their son, who was a a big fixture in the second movie. I never saw the third one. Mm. I think it was that the one with the. It wasn't even a mummy. It was like an ancient Chinese. The, 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 th- China. the third one was Tomb of the Dragon Emperor with Jet yeah. Li and Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, I I, I saw all. I, I I didn't think it was that bad. They were they were fun. They I, th- just, I they liked the good, I liked but the third they were one. Fun. I think it was pretty. Good. It didn't have Rachel Weisz in it. I wasn't in. <laughs> yeah, they replaced her in the third one with I can't remember her name. In 1997, they made Men in Black. Yep. But again, it was more of an adaptation of the original source material than it was. Yeah, it was based on the comic book, and and it was done by the same folks who did uh, Aeon Flux. Flux yeah. It was the same. Yeah. The movie or the, um, or the original cartoon? The cartoon. The cartoon. Mm. Well, it might be worth watching. The, the movie doesn't count. It doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. And it just wasn't Aeon Flux. <laughs> <laughs> in the seventies, they had a Godzilla cartoon. Yeah, based we on that, that abomination. In in nineteen ninety eight, they had a Godzilla cartoon called hmm. Godzilla the Series, okay. and it was based on oh. it was based on the Matthew. Oh, that, okay, that's, ah. that's the one. Yeah, yeah. you know what's yeah. funny when when the Matthew Broderick movie Godzilla movie was coming out, I was excited. And I had a lot of people say, well, aren't you worried they're going to mess it up? And I'm like, it's Godzilla. How do you mess up Godzilla? And then we found out that <laughs> then you can mess up Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because they made a movie that was about the people. Well, no, it wasn't even punks. that. It was just they changed Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it, in the animated series, based on the Matthew Broderick film, the, his character, Dr. Tatopoulos, leads a, leads a team. And the team has an acronym. Called heat, of course. I don't know what it stands for, but it's an acronym. (laughs) (sighs) Um, and the last one that I've got is called Roughnecks, the Starship Trooper Chronicles. Oh, 1999. You grab that one too. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I should look it up and research that one. Just look it, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, okay. We have reached the end of our discussion. Do you want to hear more? We'll head over to patreon.com slash infinite potato to learn 
how you can, can become a supporter of our show and help us with things like recording services and equipment. We offer you early access to these episodes, special monthly movie commentaries and things of that nature. Uh, we have various tiers of support. So if you're in our mid or top tier, which is the five or $10 level, then you will be thanked on the show. You'll be credited as a producer like our producers, Del Goodall, Bullet Bingall, Brandon Ushio, oh. Jeff Hughesall, oh. <laughs> and Tom Corcoran all. <laughs> all right. I want to thank everybody for being here. Scott, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, I can be found right here on this particular show. Also on that Star Trek podcast, occasionally on Captain Game Show. Uh, all right here on the Infinite Potato Alliance podcast network and coming soon, uh, season one of I'd Watch That for a Dollar, where I sit down with lovely guests and review lovely movies and not so lovely movies that I found and purchased exclusively at my local dollar stores on DVD and Blu-ray. I'm hoping to have the first season either complete or mostly complete before I start releasing it. So it's a stable release schedule. So keep your ears open for that. And if you don't want to wait to hear me, then you can see me instead in the form of my graphic artwork, which you can find at my website, www.planetrisecreative.com. I am available for work by commission. So if you see anything you like on that website that inspires you, go ahead and reach out and we can team up together on a project. And if the website is too intimidating for you, then just try Twitter at Planet Rise. All right. Jen, thank you for being here. As always, thank you for having me. And Rick, thank you as well. Let everybody know where we can find you. I can be found on Starbase 66 and Open the Iris and the Prime Direction and that Star Trek podcast and occasionally on Captain Game Show and here on uh, Cosmic Potato. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, and um, yeah, nothing. That, that There's no, um, I, I just need to stop talking. I promise next time I will research the right stuff. <laughs> all right and if you want to know how to get in touch with us just stay tuned and we'll let you know at the close of the show but you can also go to infinitepotato.com click on the link for cosmic potato and you'll find all of our links there including our facebook page our twitter page and our email and uh thank you all for joining us be sure to join us next time on cosmic potato the super fan talk podcast when you might hear john say something but i don't i don't know if he's going to be here or not so you know <laughs> thank you for joining us be sure to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram this conversation can serve no purpose anymore goodbye you can find the show on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and stitcher Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review or support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash infinite potato. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Brought to you by infinitepotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.